0: Hello, Cinefans. I'm Kendall Kruger. And this is Watching Classic Movies. The 1989 film Chameleon Street, written, directed by, and starring Wendell B. Harris Jr., won the Grand Jury Prize for a Dramatic Film at Sundance Film Festival in 1990. But that honor didn't lead to the accolades and long directing career that it should have, though it is now a cult classic. This quirky masterwork tells the true crime story of William Douglas Street, Jr., a con artist from Detroit who has successfully impersonated athletes, lawyers, reporters, and doctors over a long career of scamming. He is currently in prison for identity theft. I spoke with Cinema Detroit co-founder Paula Guthett about this fascinating film, the wild story behind it, and how Harris molded this tale of the con into a reflection of life society, and the performance of being human. Welcome, Paula. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Kendall. It's
1: great to be here.
0: Now, I, I wanted to talk to you about Wendell B. Harris Jr. and his amazing film Chameleon Street from 1989, because I know that as a Detroit resident, you had some knowledge of the real story behind it mm-hmm. and of yeah. and the filmmaker. And, you know, it's hard to know where to start because every element of the story is interesting. But maybe we start with with Wendell B. Harris, the man Mm -hmm. who decided this was the story to tell. What do you know about Harris?
1: So I met him, um, not in person, but over Zoom. And uh, I had an email correspondence with him when I um, booked his film into Cinema Detroit. And that was about a year ago this week and it had been kind of making the rounds of the art houses since around I guess 20 2021 I think it was intended for 2020 but we all know what happened with 2020 and he was always really really nice to me he really open to answering any kind of questions he wants to know you know about me about the theater he's a very smart guy and we were talking about before very intellectually curious He doesn't seem to be as bitter as I would probably be if I had created a masterwork and it was ignored. And there's like three or four things that really stand out to me about him and the film. And one is that he always said that everything in the film he got from Douglas Street, who is the figure that it's based on. So this was a guy from Detroit who had a long history of, (laughs) scamming people. <laughs> um, for lack of a better, you know, term. Yeah. He impersonated all kinds of people, blackmailed people. And Wendell Harris spent three years with Doug Street getting his story. And he always said, like, I think therefore I scam. So and then he took his story and he turned it into this amazing statement on racism, classism. The performance of life, yeah, basically. And it's a shame to me that this this is only film. You know, Wendell Harris should have had a long career. This should have been one in a long line of films, right? right. It might have been an Orson Welles situation, but we, we and we deserve the chance to find that out. Like, I think that this film is still so fresh. hmm the way he weaves everything together is still really innovative. Just the way he tells the story and his use of so many different devices is never overcooked. It's always propelling the story. So, you know, I don't really know him. I know he's a genius.
0: The way you say it's I'm not, like, oh, it's not overdone. I, I think in a way that's why the film hasn't dated It's because it's, it's such sleek storytelling. It's He gets to the essence of things. And he yeah. uses that budget limitation to kind of limit the backgrounds. He's got people against mm-hmm. these dark backgrounds. And it ends up being yeah. a great stylistic mm-hmm. choice. Because there's all these things that would maybe not translate over time. That are simply not there. Right. So it doesn't date. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have no questions about why Harris wanted to play this character. I know he wasn't going to direct originally, that he just thought, what a juicy role. And it's, it's no surprise to me because William Douglas Street is a character for the ages. What do you know about the real Street?
1: I think he's still in jail. He was denied parole, um, I think, in 2017. So I think he's still in jail. And I, there's so many things. Like I just found a, a newer article about him Yeah. So in 2015, he was denied parole. He started in the early seventies. He tricked the Detroit Tigers into letting him try out for the team. He is impersonated. Like the thing that he was in jail for most recently is he impersonated a defense contractor in 2013. And that's amazing to me, first of all, because of like Homeland Security and all of that stuff. Now, like I can't I can't imagine how he accomplished this. <laughs> to me, it's just amazing. Somehow he got a hold of the guy's transcripts, college diploma, even his class ring, and he posted a fake resume to CareerBuilder. Like, I, I can't make this up. Right? <laughs> and then he then he had a military ID that he used to get into different alumni functions, and he even um, spoke. At one event, as an alumnus of Duke University. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like,
1: how do you I do mean, this? The modern era.
0: I, that's the thing. This isn't in the past. It's recent history that he's still pulling all of this. So I mean. I
1: know. Yes, I know. And it, it started out in the 70s with the Detroit Tigers thing. He became, was a football player from U of M. And it says here he was picked to play in the North-South College All-Star Game in Miami in December of 1972. He <laughs> was a physician at Henry Ford Hospital in 1973.
0: 36 successful yeah. hysterectomies. Successful. Yes,
1: successful. Yeah. And I don't know if that's when he was impersonating a physician at Henry Ford Hospital, or he also, I think, impersonated some type of medical personnel at Yale. But so I think it was at Henry Ford Hospital. And that was just, they were all successful. He did it. Like, no one died. But it was like a random, like in the, like it says in the movie, this part is true, like it was a random security check and then the cops encouraged one of the patient slash victims to prosecute, to file charges so that he could be prosecuted. Um, but they were all successful. So I don't know, like, how, how tough is it to be a doctor?
0: It makes you wonder because he's clearly brilliant. I mean, there yes. is that.
1: But there's also just the fact that he and, had the skill. Right. And if he put um, half of the energy into, like, he, say he had enrolled in med school in 1973. And he put all the energy that he used to scam into getting his medical degree. He would be a doctor now, not in jail.
0: And he would be what society would term a success. Right. Right. But in the beginning of the film, you know, Harris is sitting in a van and he yells Mm -hmm. out the window, I'm so bored. Right.
1: So is that it?
0: Was he just, was this just. Yeah. Well,
1: he was, I think, I think William Douglas Street and Wendell kind of emphasizes to me too, is. What he noticed, certainly right away, and then over the three years that he was researching by talking to Douglas Street all the time, he was able to intuit what people were looking for, what they needed or wanted, and then become that. And so he, um like when he was talking with Wendell, he was like, oh yeah, I've always wanted to be a filmmaker. You know, I'm I'm writing a screenplay too. It's an adaptation of um, Invisible Man, you know, by Ralph Ellison. Like, <laughs> He, You know, and he seemed to think that that wasn't true, you know, but it's what he thought Wendell wanted to hear.
0: So do you think he believes any of this on any level then? Or is or is it really just I, him putting on I the mean, mask?
1: I think, I think, are you talking about Doug Street or Wendell? Hale? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, Doug Street. Yeah. Does he believe in any of it? Or is it really just, he just gently puts on the masks easily. It's second nature. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think once he's in it, he believes it. Like, he would have made a great actor, obviously. Yeah. To, to trick people into thinking you're a doctor that can perform surgery, I think at some level you have to
0: believe it right? right. But at the same time, it's a con, and that's what's interesting about it. i mean so, i I saw I saw one of his mug shots. and he just had this sly look on his face, some laughing. yeah, you know, there's things about it, like he got away with it. But then Harris was saying that one constant controversy over the whole period of this film existing is that the people who, who he actually affected are quite angry about it are, are you know are, are very hurt by what he did and you know can't believe he's getting this attention mm-hmm. it's complicated yeah.
1: and that I yeah it is very complicated and I, I I would be angry too right one thing that really resonated for me and I felt anger toward is in the film when it depicts the doctors you know, going through their daily rounds or whatever, and just kind of how they're like, I don't know, it could be this, it could be that, it could be a hot ball, you know, gallbladder, you know, how sort of uncaring and kind of callous they are, and, um, and how they're also not questioned, like, all of the patients just kind of accept, you know, whatever the orders are, or whatever, they're not really shown, but it's kind of like, the doctor's word is law. And that's still true today. It's been true in my life.
0: Right. Well, just not being believed. So
1: yeah, just, just not being believed. And, um, you know, when he examined the woman and he puts the, he's trying to listen to her chest or whatever. And she screams. I had a situation very similar. No one believed I was actually in pain and they kept doing what they were doing until I did scream because I was in pain, you know? I have fibromyalgia. So when they take my blood pressure with the cuff, it hurts. It really hurts. And I always ask, please, can you use the manual cuff? And they never, almost never do. Yeah. They just don't believe that I'm, I, that that could cause pain. They think I'm making it up or it's an attention thing. I don't know what they think. I don't know why they think I would say that when it wasn't true. But yeah, so like, I get it, like, why people would be angry and not just about the medical stuff, but, um, So that is a point of vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. He's taking advantage of people that are yeah vulnerable. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's not right. It's, you know, yes, he does belong in jail. Yeah. He's caused harm.
0: But at the same time, he's inserting himself into these worlds. He's showing how flawed and damaging they are, how Mm -hmm. the whole system itself is damaging and, and maybe what he's doing is really clearly wrong to people, so they can point at it and they will be mm-hmm. sympathized with. But there's all these other things going on. You could even say right. that are just as bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like here's here's my thing with it. Everybody's wearing their mask, right? Right. Not like a COVID mask. Like everybody's kind of performing to keep a job. Usually, it's to make money, right? You might hate it, but you go in and you do it every day. Mm -hmm. That's the performance, right? Mm -hmm. I think, didn't Marlon Brando say everyone acts, they just don't call it acting? And I feel like, you know, he just took it to an extreme. It's a difference of degree and not kind. Right. Like, we're all acting, right? And he just took on too many roles, (laughs) basically. Too many and too extreme of roles. And I think it's The character is happiest at the masquerade ball where everyone's masquerading. Yes. Yeah. Because that that is, to me, the centerpiece of the film because he finally goes, oh, I'm happy. I'm finally happy. He's literally completely covered with a mask that comprehensively covers his identity, right, as a beast. It's like, yeah, he hates everybody, but he hates himself too. And I don't know if I'm making any sense, but...
0: No, I I had... Felt his happiness in that scene, but I hadn't really Mm -hmm. unpacked it. It's true; it's the only time he's blissfully happy. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. he he just keeps getting himself deeper and deeper into trouble because he can't sit still with himself, which is self-loathing to a great degree. Mm -hmm. And there, he almost completely escapes himself until he Mm -hmm. runs into his wife. Yes, and then when he wins
1: the costume contest, he gets the recognition.
0: Yeah, I think he's still a little happy when he's up on stage because he's basically saying all these people have masks on, but nobody is better at wearing a mask than I am. And I know it. And I deserve this. Oh, wow. See, this is the thing about this movie. I guess I've maybe seen it about four or five times. And it just there's always something new in there. There's so many ways that it works. Because I would say my first go around with it, it was Harris himself. I mean, as soon as it was over, I'm definitely looking up street and waiting to know the story. But it's mm-hmm. the voice, the way he gets yeah. that intelligent arrogance just right. He's mm-hmm. he's a wonderful performer. And he feels so mm-hmm. modern, like modern for the period yes. and modern now. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I think that's another, yeah.
0: Like it could be an a, an inferior film in every other way, and that performance would make it worth something but then it just the the reviews of the time were really saying he didn't know how to make a film and I think they're just terrified of this independent voice doing something different it was uncomfortable for them which you've Mm -hmm. seen before with independent films people just can't handle it oh yeah I don't know Mm -hmm. how to deal with this I'm just gonna say it's bad
1: right yes yes absolutely and it's like I feel like that reaction is typified by what happened after the film won Sundance he went to Hollywood. I'll just walk it back just a second. Wendell and his mother raised the $1.5 million to make the film. It was um, mostly family and mostly black people that put the money in um, except for $95,000 of it was um, um, that he said white people donated, like contributed invested. Um, So the film, won um you know the grand jury prize at Sundance. And then he was in this sort of environment where he could get a meeting with anybody, right? So he's taking all these meetings and doing all this stuff. And the only reaction they had, like the Hollywood people that he was able to meet with after winning Sundance, was to remake it. That's what they wanted to do with it. So he got two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for remake right, Warner Brothers. And that was only significant amount of money that he got until signing with Arbolos in 2017 to do a restoration and a re-release, from what I understand. So from
0: doing research and talking to Wendell Harris
1: himself, they didn't understand it. They kind of buried it.
0: So they wanted to remake it, but and they didn't. I, I, it's so hard for me to understand all of this. I know.
1: I know. It. it And why remake it? Why not just show it the way it was? Like it got a small release, like on the East Coast. I don't think it played Detroit in 1989, 1990. I don't think that happened. And I think the next time it showed was like in 2014, I want to say. And that was off of like a DVD or something. I'm unclear on the legality of that. And they talked about remaking it with like, the first one was Will Smith but also Arsenio Hall, (laughs) Sinbad. (laughs) And then the most recent one was Keegan-Michael Key. At least he's from here. Well, and I can Um, see him
0: having the right tone because they're kind of going with mm -hmm. a comic angle where Keegan-Michael Key, I could see him understanding the dramatic part of it. Like his Mm -hmm. style in itself has like sort of bleakness to it that I think would translate Mm -hmm.
1: well. Yeah. I think that, that might have worked, but really what should have happened is for it to be released. John Singleton at the time was becoming popular. Um, the year before Community Street won at Sundance, the winner was Sex, Live, and Videotape*. So Wendell said that the comments he was getting from people and not just audiences and stuff, but from people like... Alan J. Pakula sent him a nice note in a bottle of Don Perignon congratulating him and saying, I look forward to seeing more work from you. Let's talk. Like all this stuff was happening and then nothing came of it. And he refers to it as a ban. He's like, my film was banned.
0: It feels like it it reminds me a lot of, they're very different filmmakers in style, but it reminds me of Bill Gunn and Ganja and Hess, how he won Big A Can Mm -hmm. and, and then... You know, he had a little more luck. He did do some things that I would consider masterworks after that. But it's the same thing where there's all mm-hmm. this big, a charismatic performer. I mean, people who could just do anything. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah, clearly race is a huge factor here.
1: Oh, yeah. And I I feel like I should have been more clear early on. It's definitely race. <laughs> like, yeah. Definitely, 100%. Like if a, a white dude had presented something so polished and deep and layered, I think the outcome would have been completely different. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> Oh, I don't even think Sex, Lies and Videotape is as good as this. And Soderbergh is obviously still working and has been for a very long time. Yeah. Like, I think Chameleon Street is a masterpiece. And I mean... It's just not even the same times. thing. Yeah.
0: No, it's completely just its so out of the league. It's just... Both of those men had a, a style that I think that they, they did not want a Black filmmaker... That was not what black filmmaking was at the time. I think they had both of them. Yes. They they didn't want that kind of intellectual, artistic look. And I really think you you kind of see this with Kathleen Collins too, where you're doing something that runs a little deeper, but it's also entertaining. Mm. You're going to get the people who are into the drama of it. It's just flat out entertaining work. So it had all right. those things, but the elements of it mm. that were intellectual and not the stereotype. I felt like they they were frightened of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because I think at the time it was sort of like Black film was expected to be about like drug dealers, gang stuff. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Like Boys in the Hood is a landmark work, right? Right. But I think that, yeah, they just, they didn't know what to do with it. They weren't expecting it. And so they didn't, it just didn't catch on. So, you know, the effect was to suppress it.
0: Right. So when you think about the legacy of Chameleon Street, what would be the ideal situation for this film? What kind of attention? How would the t- attention unfold? What would be the closest thing to justice for the the film that we could have at this juncture?
1: I don't know. I I don't know. I, I want. I always feel like what what would Wendell want? Right. Like what does he still want to direct? And it's odd. I never asked him that. I think he doesn't. He stayed in Hollywood for three or four years trying to make his money back, and then. When that didn't happen, he came back um, to Flint, where he's from. And I don't think he ever made any more films. I would love to see something like A Room at the Academy Museum or Wendell on the Jury at
0: Cannes. Ooh. Or
1: I don't know. Like, I think he's that great. Like, I don't, maybe I'm, does that sound insane?
0: Recent interviews, I feel like he's still got a lot to say. And yeah. the way he's so curious about life and other people, he's just mm-hmm. the richness of his outlook. He seems to have so much to offer.
1: He does. He definitely does. I mean, I think Wendell would be excellent at podcasting.
0: Yes. Just like, the voice.
1: I it, yeah. I mean, he could do just with the voice. He could do commercials and stuff. Right. But and, and narration for movies and documentaries and things like that. I think he could do that. Yeah. Definitely. But I think, yeah, it's, he, I want to see him become like the, an elder statesman of.
0: I think that's the best possible situation and and he's richly deserving. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk to me about this today. I, I, I really appreciated of your course. knowledge about it, that you've actually spoken to the man himself. It's, it's, it's a really interesting story. And I think the more attention this film thank gets, you. the better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I really appreciate the opportunity. It's always so great to talk to you. I love your
0: podcast. It's an honor.
1: And yeah, I just hope, I hope something works out for
0: him like one way or another. Yep. Give him all the flowers. Go to watchingclassicmovies.com for more information about Cinema Detroit and how to stream Chameleon Street. Enjoying the show? Please rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps a lot. Thank you for your support. This is Kendall Kruver, watching Classic Movies. Until next time.